0: The question this morning is this, are your trials worth something? Are your trials worth something? Uh, The title that we we have this morning is dumping the dross, dumping the dross. We'll talk about the word dross. Some of you may know that word, Um, but are your trials worth something? We know some things that are worth something. Money is worth something. Uh, things we could talk about certain things they're worth something Uh, vinyl records uh, You know, you can look on Google and find out what's worth something. I did my little ponies. I don't know They're worth something though Legos first edition books Certain video video games. I guess they're worth something. Uh, What else is worth successes are worth something successes Uh, You accomplished something great at work. You received good grades. You got a scholarship You got married you ever see that that uh, that T-shirt that you get when you got married when you get married? It says "Game Over" on it, and and it's got the you know the picture of the husband and the wife. That's a good thing, right? You you won, all right? That's a success. Uh, so you, you, you get married, that's a success. Graduating, right? College or kindergarten, it doesn't matter. It's a success, uh, and those are things that are that are successes, and those things that are those are things that are worth something. But the question is this, how often do we think about our trials having value? How often do we think of our trials having value? Job thought so. Job said in Job 23.10, he said, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I've got a couple of gold bars here. Tyler, are you still around? Tyler, he he volunteered to help me again. And we're going to just have a little youth group in, in church this morning. Is that okay? Um, Tyler, I I have an option for you. Uh, and you, I mean, you know a little bit about what you're going to do, but I've got, uh, this uh, real diamond in one of 24 boxes. I mean, maybe, (laughs) or real, real gold in one of 24 boxes. Which one would you rather dive into? Doesn't matter the gold. Okay. He doesn't know anything about diamonds. All right. Diamonds are worth more. I think. Uh, so, okay, that's fine, the gold. Um, I'm gonna have Tyler, Tyler here, and he's gonna, you can just start getting that stuff out of there, just rip it out of there. Uh, here, there you go. And we've got some tools, they're plastic, and uh, and he's gonna dive into this bar, uh, and it's kind of sand, like compacted sand, I don't know what it is exactly, but, uh, one in 24 boxes will have real gold in it, otherwise you're gonna get pyrite, rainbow stone, or obsidian. Leah and I have done this twice. Obsidian both times. Okay? So, go ahead. We've got a drop. It's got a little bit messy. All right? That's why we've got a drop cloth. We've got it all set up with the box. Show everybody the gold, though, real quick. That's, that's the uh, it's compacted sand, I think. I don't know. That's the gold bar. Yeah, you're not going to be able to break that. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's going to work on that for a minute. By the way, it took Leah and I 45 minutes to do it the first time. Okay. It's partly the tool's fault, but anyway. Okay. Uh, So we know that Job said in in Job 23.10, but he knoweth the way that I take when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. We've got a gold bar. Uh, We're going to have him dig into this thing and see what he gets uh, and and see what we've got. Uh, But let me jump into our text tonight. We're going to be looking at some verses at the beginning of 1 Peter. Uh, If you would turn there, I'll read 1 Peter uh, one. Verse 6 and 7 right now, but we'll come back to those again, uh, if you're getting ready, with your Bible there. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 says this, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Then verse 7 says this, and this is interesting, That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So Peter takes it a step further. Job said, hey, I'm going to come forth as gold. Peter takes it a step further and says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. We're going to we're going to jump in. Let's pray this morning. Tyler, you can pause for just a second. We're going to pray together. Um, but let's pray, and then we'll jump into our message this morning, dumping the dross. Lord, we do thank you for today. Thank you for your good works once again in our lives. Lord God, thank you for Jesus Christ that died on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray you would just help us to uh, have a focus on uh, the realization that our trials are worth something this morning, Lord God, and kind of work through these ideas and work through these thoughts. Lord, I pray you would just help us now. We'll thank you for your word. We do pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, man, you're, you're still working. You're doing great. He's got, a, he's got a little hole in it, about that big. Question, is it like in the I don't know. He wants to know if it's in the center. That's a silly question. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we read First Peter verse, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Uh, so we learned a little bit about what dross is and a little bit what the ingot is and the final product and all those things. But the Bible says that our trials uh, are more precious than gold. So I'm preaching, though, so just don't make a lot of noise, okay? Okay. Uh, let's take a look at 1 Peter, and we're going to jump in. We're going to go verse by verse, and we're going to hit some points along the way. Uh, but all of the while, thinking about our trials having value this morning, okay? Our trials having value. 1 uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Asia and Bithynia. Uh, this is the diaspora, right? These are those Jews that were scattered uh, starting way back in 597 B.C. with the tirade of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and then uh, now Nero in the siege of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. So these are people scattered all abroad. This is who we're speaking to, who Peter is speaking to. And then he says this in verse 2. He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, uh, the father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So we see here that he's speaking to Christians. Uh, this is his opening. This is his greeting. Uh, you know, this verse is sometimes uh, taken away a that uh, is, is not biblical. And, and we could talk about that, you know, elect according to foreknowledge and, and talk about the, uh, this idea, but really it's according to the foreknowledge. And so God knows the elect because he knows all, not because he chose them to, them to be the elect, okay? So we can talk about that for a while. That is not the message this morning, so we'll hit that and move, move forward here. Uh, but we see that in, uh, in uh, verse 2, uh, that he's speaking to Christians and, and, and he's greeting them. And so we come to our first point this morning. And our first point, again, with the, the, the idea in mind that our trials have value, the first point is this, remember the hope of his resurrection, Remember the hope of his, res- of his resurrection. And we'll take a look at verse 3 in just a second. But listen, Jesus rose from the dead. This is the power of God for us. Okay? This is the basis of our Christianity. Without the resurrection, we would be just like any other false religion. Okay? The, the basis of our Christianity is that Jesus died and then He rose again. Okay? Verse 3, let's get to it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Peter is talking to these that are scattered throughout, and he's speaking to them. He wants them to remember their salvation. He wants them to remember what Christ did for them on the cross. Uh, so Peter's talking to these people that are scattered to remember their salvation, to remember what Christ did for them on the cross, and then to remember the power of the resurrection. Okay? I want you to right now just think for a moment about something great, something amazing that God has done for you in your life. Okay, Something something that, that God has done for you since your salvation. Some, what has God done for you? Think of something that he has done for you. And I'll give you a, a quick story, and, and and a lot of you know a little bit about it already. Uh, but I'll give you something that God has done for me uh, in my my life, and my, my wife's life. Uh, but we were told in the summer of 2008... Uh, We were living in Maryland. We were in California at a a conference, at a Bible conference, a pastor's conference. And we got a phone call from a a doctor back there in Maryland. But the phone call was this. You cannot have kids. Right? And our first thought was, yes, humanly speaking, that's true. Okay? Um, And and so that was, you know, slightly upsetting to us. But then, about the same time next year, we were pregnant with Leah. Uh, Leah was born on August 31st, 2009. Okay, amazing blessing. Okay, something that could only happen because of God. And so I share that blessing with you, and I want you to be thinking about the, the one thing that you were thinking of, or maybe it was a couple of things that you were thinking of, and, and whatever that blessing was, and what, and what I just told you about my own life, listen, and this is, this is a little harsh sounding, at least at first, but that thing that, that God has done for you is nothing. Okay, it is nothing in comparison, in comparison to the blessing and the gift of salvation that God has provided for you and for me. You think about all of the things that God has done for you in your life and your salvation is the greatest thing that he could ever have done for any of us, any of us. I played a video a number of weeks ago, um, uh, and I showed you the biggest star in our galaxy compared to the size of Earth, and I just have another short little clip of that. That's our next slide, friends, upstairs. Uh, so let's hit play on that. And, and it, again, it's just a short little piece of it, but it shows us, that's VY Canis Majoris, and then we zoom in, and we see the size of Earth is right, and you can just leave that up there uh, as a slide for right now, uh, guys. So there's the size of Earth, the Earth compared to VY Canis Majoris, and the entire idea behind that was, we were trying to, I was trying to explain and help you understand and give you the magnitude of God's love for us, right? Earth is a speck compared to the biggest star. Uh, we are a speck compared to Earth, but God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us on the cross and thought of us individually, while in the meantime He has created what we see on the screen and everything else and all of the space between, uh, this has been created. And so we see how much God loves us, how much he, he loves us. He cared for the ant that you are and the ant that I am. And so we remember now, just as Peter was explaining to those scattered across the region, his love for us. Remember the hope of his resurrection and that we need to have hope. OK, the next thing is this. Uh, the next point is rejoice because of his promise. Rejoice because of his promise. And we're going to get to verse six in a, in a second here. But let me start in verse four where it says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. It's a perfect gift. It's everlasting. It's waiting for every believer upon entrance. It's an uh, 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 entrance to heaven. And then verse five says, "Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time." This is something that is unconditional, and that's a big deal. You remember back in Joshua chapter one, uh, where Joshua uh, 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 in, says in verse seven um, that uh, oh, uh, well, I skipped something. Okay. Uh, okay, back in Joshua 1, it's, uh, God says that everywhere your foot touches is yours. No man can stand before you. Essentially, you'll be stronger than all. You'll be prosperous and have good success. But, okay, now we get to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. It says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. That's the, that's the, uh, the part of the equation there that, uh, that he has to do, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. That's another part of what he has to do. And then it says, that thou mayest Prosper whithersoever thou goest. And then we see again in verse 8: This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Those are the things that he has to do. And then it says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Those are wonderful things. And that's an amazing promise given to Joshua. But it's conditional. It's conditional. Do these things, and then this will happen. Where we know that our salvation is unconditional, it's an amazing promise that God has given us. And then we see in verse six, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Manifold temptations—that's a trial in a a proving sense. Uh, And and we ask ourselves, what is heaviness? Heaviness is to distress or to be sad or to cause grief or to be sorrowful. Uh, I told you the blessing of our of our daughter. Uh, Back in 2009, Uh, but that same day on August 31st, uh, her brother was born as well Uh, Caleb was born and they were born four months early Uh, Caleb was a pound seven ounces. Leah was a pound five ounces Um, and uh, they were born there on that day Uh, The next seven days for Chris and I was was an eternity Uh, It ended with my son uh, after a a long fight uh, seven days seeing Jesus Christ uh, but it didn't end there. My wife and I, we didn't have time to grieve because Leah was still in the hospital. Leah was still fighting for her life every single hour every, of every single day. Uh, Leah was transferred to Johns Hopkins University at one point and was called the sickest baby at the hospital. Uh, so we didn't have time to grieve. Uh, the, the, we, were, we were in and out of the hospital even after she came home. She came home from the hospital in the middle, middle of no, November, less than three and a half pounds, uh, and we were in and out of the hospital many times after that. A Rental a run- a Medical Center in Annapolis, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, University of Maryland Medical Center in Baltimore, Mercy Medical Center in Baltimore, some of those multiple times. But what happened was that we stayed close to God, and we really got closer, actually, because of His promise the everlasting gift of eternity in a relationship with Him. Uh, it said, it said in verse 6, in you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. So we rejoice not because of a day-to-day event where, hey, something good happens this day. Yeah, rejoice. Something sad happens. Okay, no, not rejoice. Okay. Uh, we rejoice because of his promise. We rejoice because, because of his promise. Doesn't happen what happens, it doesn't matter what happens in our country or, or, in our nation, or, or in our world or in our individual lives. We can rejoice because the end is heaven, because the end is that relationship with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. So we rejoice because of the promise. And then the next point is this, that we need to resolve to remain. We need to resolve to remain. We need to persevere and resist the temptation to give up resist the temptation to give up you remember peter and and he's had a lot of things that has that happened in his lifetime but one of those things was was him walking on water you remember that story i've got another short little video clip for you this morning and i want to show that to you uh, and then i'll give you a, a thought about that as well let's take a look at that one guys
1: i looked up and he was there just right there scared us at first, but then again at this point, why were we so surprised? I guess that kind of tells you how frustrating we were to him at times. We'd seen him do so many things, miracles. Why did we act so shocked? I asked him if I could walk to him. And when did he ever say no to us? Never. Not once. And so I got out of that boat, just hopped out of it like we were on land or something. And that's when I felt the wind. It uh, felt like it just went straight through me. All my confidence just slipped out of the bottom of my feet. King who reaches out and pulls you up even if you have doubts the one who always comes to help us the one who always saves you when you call his name
0: so peter had that uh, had that faith and then he had that moment afterward where he lost focus on christ and he was afraid and we see that back in matthew 14 verse 29 and he said come And when Peter was uh, come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, "'Lord, save me.' And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, "'O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt?' We need to remember that verse, uh, verse 7 again, it said that, the trial, that, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We need to keep going. We need to keep going. Resolve to remain. Resolve to remain. The diaspora, those people, Peter, those people that Peter was writing to, had been suffering affliction and had been persecuted. Uh, Peter himself probably knew at this time, uh, by the time he wrote this book, uh, that he was close to what Christ told him would be a martyr's death. And then we know from history uh, that, that Peter is probably crucified upside down. And so he compares our trial and actually says that it is more precious than gold being refined. Uh, more precious than gold being refined. We, we got our fake gold block right here. And we, we, we saw the original product. We had that little video in the beginning talking to us about what dross was and, and how it was refined and things like that. That was not gold. That was some kind of other metal. But we had the original product going in. The original product this morning is you. It's your hardship. It's your trial. Okay, And then all of that gets put into the flame. The flame is the testing. The flame is the testing. And then we have the dross. We saw the dross. It was that crusty, yucky stuff that he that he's scooping out there. And, and the dross, that's that purification process that's happening. That's the sin that's being removed from your, from your life. And then we saw that resulting precious metal. And it was some kind of silver thing. I don't know what it, what it was on the screen. But the resulting precious metal, that is praise, honor, and glory toward Christ in our lives. That's what it says, found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, question for you this morning, when is the result precious metal? When is the result of the trial precious metal? And and the answer is in the verse, it's precious metal if you come out of the other end praising, honoring, and glorifying Christ. But... Again, we ask ourselves, what, why is the trial precious? Why is the trial precious? And, and the reason that the trial is precious because, is because what is going into the trial is precious. You are a child of God. Uh, people are precious to, to God because it's his creation. Okay? And then we see that once on the other end, once on the other end of this trial, we need to, last, lastly, revive, uh, or almost lastly, revive your walk. Revive your walk. Okay? Have faith and recommit your walk to the Lord. We see in verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peter saw Jesus, okay? But listen, what a testimony of the people back to Peter to love and believe in Jesus Christ, having never seen him. Peter saw Jesus, the people did not. What a testimony it is of the people to love and believe in Jesus Christ. Ask yourself the question, what did Peter have? What did Moses have? Sometimes you hear some that may complain that the apostles had it easier because Jesus was there with them. Or that Abraham and David had it better because God audibly spoke to them. None of them had the complete word of God. None of them had the permanent indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Barely any of them had direct access to God whenever they pleased. We do we do, and we 're blessed today because of it we when we see those in the bible uh, in the, in the Bible days, none of them had as much information from God and help from God as we do Today we have His word, we have his holy spirit's prompting uh, and, and full and complete access to uh, to him through Jesus Christ. We have complete access to God through Jesus Christ. So, why then does it seem like uh, we hear Bible stories of people that were so close to God and then we struggle? And then we struggle. We think that they just had it easier and we're struggling. Uh, let me give you an illustration. Have you ever gotten a honeydew list, guys? <laughs> I-, I have. Um, one of those honeydew lists that I fear. Oh, I like it I like it kind of, but I fear it as well, is, is the grocery store list. I like going to the grocery store by myself because I'm getting stuff that my wife may not like. <laughs> but on the other hand, and she tries to help me, and, and she'll lay things out aisle by aisle because she's got it right here. She knows exactly where these things are aisle by aisle. I'm going back and forth across the store looking for some little spice or some whatever it is, and, and it takes me a long time. Okay. But I want you to think for a second. Um my wife if if she gave me that honey do list or think you think about your your own uh wives and, and and own personal relationships of people that are in your life. Think about those those people. Uh what if they gave you a honey do list or or a list of things to do on the first day that you ever met. Think about that first day that you ever met. And and they give you a list and say, Here's here's the things that you need to accomplish today. Uh you, you, you need to take the clothes to the dry cleaning, you need to wash the dishes, you need to clean the car, you need to run to the store and get groceries, whatever else it is, okay? You, all these things on the first day you ever met. Probably that person would not be married to you right now. Okay? I think they're a little they're a little off, okay? They're a little crazy. Um but I didn't know so 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 you didn't know that person. And, and, and if that were me, I, I didn't know my, my wife. I didn't know that person that was to be my wife. Um, but over the next four years of my life, after that first that I met her, I got to know her as a friend and then a girlfriend and a fiance uh, and then as my wife. So if she were to ask me to do those things today, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do them because I love her. I may not enjoy it completely and fully, but because of the love that I have for her, I'm going to do those things. I'm going to do those things. We love God when we know Him. We will know Him when we read His love letter to us. So that point, going back to it, is that we need to revive our walk and that we need to have faith and recommit our walk with the Lord. And so we we see that we need to revive our walk. And then the last one is this, the reward. The reward, we find that in verse 9, and it says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Even the salvation of your souls. You remember the beginning of the chapter? uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. And then in verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible. God has given us these things. Uh, Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What is the end of life? Heaven. The end of life is heaven. So we see the reward this morning. Let's recap. Okay, there's five takeaways this morning, five things to remember, five things to walk out the door and think about as you're as you're leaving today. Number one is this. You have eternal life because of his promise that will never end. Number two, rejoice because of his promise. Number three, be resolved to be faithful through the fire through the trial number uh, did i say 3 okay now it's number 4 number 4 on the other side of the trial revive your walk with Christ and then number 5 christian there is a reward so we rejoice because of the life he has given if nothing else you have him If nothing else, you have him be resolved to be faithful through the trial. Don't backslide. If you're uh, consistent in church, keep being consistent. Read your Bible, pray, be consistent, be resolved. The next one, revive your walk. You will have grown somehow because of the trial. You will have grown somehow because of the trial. You think about trials in your own life, and I think about the trials that I have had in my life and the the one that I shared with you this morning. I have grown because of those trials in my Christian walk closer to Jesus Christ. And what are you going to do now for Jesus now that you're on the other side? And then again, heaven is ahead of you. Heaven is ahead of you. What are you doing now? What are you doing now? So listen, our trials have value this morning. Don't lose that. Don't lose that. And understand that God has a plan. God has a plan and rest in that plan.